What's up, Barebow Project? This is episode 49 with Marcel Lawrence, the man behind the camera, the guy that makes the experience of Barebow Archery a memory for life. Marcel has taken thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of photos since our meeting at the Classic in 2019 and has so incredibly, um, I don't know what the word is, willfully volunteered to take the photos for the Barrel Project so that you all can relive the moments and for those of you who haven't attended, get an idea of what the feel of Airbow is. Nobody else does this. Not a single other discipline in archery does what we do. I think people like Marcel are a cornerstone of why Airbow is growing the way it is. So sit back, get to know the man behind the camera, and uh, you know, enjoy this nice collage for those of you watching the video version. And remember, you gotta pay the fee is to share the show. Share Barabo. If it helped you, if it helped somebody else, if you thought it was funny, if you had a good time listening to it, share the show on social media, on Instagram, everywhere. Go share it. That helps Barabo the most. If you want to see the sponsors, watch the video version, check out the comments and the details of the podcast. That's how we roll. All right, people. All right, I have my my good friend Marcel Lawrence with me. Um, we're this is this is not your normal podcast. We're not. It's going to be a little bit more of a BS session, but at the same time, we're going to talk about like how how the Barabo project coverage is supported by Marcel and his amazing eye with a camera, and and why and why we do that because a lot of hustle goes into all that stuff, and we can just we're just going to just have a conversation about it. So, Marcel, welcome to the podcast. Your official yeah, guest. I appreciate it this time um marcel where are you from uh grew up in massachusetts actually um right outside of boston went to high school up there and then uh ended up pretty much moving away after high school went to uh, georgia tech as an architecture major and then i uh, was in the military so i did my first stint at desert storm did uh i was an artillery officer during the war and then got out moved to italy for a while with the army and then colorado Oklahoma so been around a while I'd say so, yeah I live in North Carolina now so shoot out of uh John and Les- Leslie's fine first flight establishment in Raleigh North Carolina so it's been instrumental in me getting into archery yeah. so it's been great for sure and that's how we ended up you know meeting I don't even remember where we met the first time around I guess it was the classic in 2019 it, it might have been that was my first one yeah it was probably a dinner and like yeah. they were telling me about because you know they knew they've known you for a while and when i first met you it was actually pretty intimidating it's like this big guy and <laughs> talking about archie i was like oh i don't know any of these people it's crazy <laughs> um it yeah cool. i guess that dinner, i think 
Yeah, I know. You see Demer. I stand next to Demer and it's like big, <laughs> little. But, you know, you put him on the on the, the stage of the classic and it's exactly the opposite. <laughs> Just physical demeanor doesn't mean shit. <laughs> I, if you if you really want to if you really want to break it down, the smallest guy is the one who won the classic this year because there's some big dudes <laughs> up on those stages. Jared's Jared's a big dude. Right. Lee's a big guy. Um, you know, Dwayne's no, you know, he's not he's not super, super tall, but he's definitely, right. you know, and and Paul, Paul's just Paul, you know, but <laughs> Demer's a monster when it comes to just like just the way he competes and and you know, he's he just so unfazed. It's it's just it there's a lot to learn from from more than just the way he shoots or the words that his what's in here with him people need to pay attention more to some of the other stuff but yeah, we're not here to talk about demer um <laughs> talk about him enough um <laughs> i mean that in the nicest way possible um yeah, yeah. Of course. but so i guess this how'd you get into barebow specifically uh, is, so i actually i've i'm 55 now i i've never shot I was in the military, I've shot firearms and then never shot archery at all till about five years. When I turned 50 around that time frame, um, the shop actually is close by to my house. I live closer to the shop than John and Leslie do, but the, <laughs> I think at the time they didn't, they didn't own it at the time. It was a mm. different owner. And, um, so I started shooting, I actually started shooting compound for a very short period of time. Um, I'm a lefty as well. So there's not a, there's not a lot of lefty equipment to try. So just kind of happened upon a lefty bow and I tried it and I didn't care for it too much just from a perspective it felt like a firearm to me you know sighting in and then you know mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about back tension and all that so I was pulling the trigger and uh so I was like eh, it's not great and then you didn't hit the x and you felt bad because you didn't hit the x and I was like this I just want to try something different um I think actually then John and Leslie ended up becoming the owners and then we started talking about bare bow and I tried it and you know, you start hitting the X and it's exciting. So <laughs> it was just kind of a reverse mentality of missing and feeling bad about missing to hitting and being so excited about it. So that's really what drove me to Barebow. Yeah, and then obviously right. having, you know, John and Leslie, I think there's probably what, four or five shops in the country that have owners that really shoot Barebow at a high level. Not many. What's going on, yeah. and, you know, just super fortunate to have them here. So, and oh, yeah. also nice. So, yeah. So yeah. Lucky. And John and Leslie are unique in that um, there's even less shops who have high, high profile or high, high and knowledgeable Barebow people. Mm -hmm. And they can also pick up a compound and probably mm -hmm. an Olympic speaker too. Yep. Um, if, if John like, or Leslie put it time into it, they could definitely do it. Um, Leslie yeah, he, he shot longbow for a while he shot longbow John shot really good compound as well yeah. yeah um Leslie is a hell of a compound shooter like one of the top ladies in the country so you know like literally first flight is is eventually as my shop grows like my shop sort of doesn't get the attention that it probably should just because I'm so busy doing other stuff which mm -hmm. is really just a training center and that's kind of the focus that yeah, I yeah. have um that may change sooner or later. I have some other things I want to do with it, but you know, you, I think, and th this is a great segue into the conversation of growing Verbo because that number has to increase. If that number increases, then you know, you're doing something right. When you get more archery shops who are realize the value of starting Verbo and yep. starting shooters with Verbo, whether it's a Samick stage or whatever. And you know, 
the way that you grow it is by putting it out there. And mm -hmm. so, you know, and so we met in 2019. Um, you had your camera then. I probably I met did, you with actually. your camera hanging around your neck. You just recently uploaded all of those photos to the Bearable Project page. Um, also, so anybody who, sh who listens to this, if you shot the 2019 classic in Barabo, there's a, probably a good chance that there's how many pictures did you put up? I think you know? another 800. Yeah, it was funny because that was my first time ever shooting anything that large. I shot a local in the shop or something, but I'd never shot yeah. anything at a large site. And I was like, I'll bring my camera just in case. And then, uh, you know, it was, kind of, it was kind of weird because I was I shot, I didn't make the cut and had my camera so i started walking around and i started walking down the line and i was like looking for permission nobody started nobody said anything so i was like i'll just keep going until someone asked me not to be down here easier to and, ask uh, for forgiveness than yeah permission. <laughs> so it worked out good i just like i took a lot of pictures i didn't know anybody like i had seen you guys on facebook or something like that but i literally met you guys for the first time there i was going through there was pictures of lee in there there's pictures of ed in there I'm like, these, these guys have all been shooting so long and, you know, they're part of the community. And I, I was brand new. I had zero sense of Idea who anybody who was. was. Who. Yeah. yeah. So just to be involved early was great. Um, I did. So photography I've done for what, 40 plus years. And oh, okay, I've got three girls who all, you know, they play sports and do dance. And I've, you know, I've done the same thing with them. Right. So taking pictures of their games and then putting little videos for the teams at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. so it's not it's something i've always done so just like oh, i'll do it i'll enjoy that and kind of the famous it's kind of funny the famous barabo archer who's famous for not shooting his bow we need to change that here in the next few tournaments but <laughs> mm. it's kind of funny um uh, it's uh it's 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 just a good mix of your you obviously have an affliction for good photography because you are you capture some really cool stuff and then you do editing and all that stuff so it's not like you know um got people think yeah yeah <laughs> walking by to, yeah, talk to how you guys doing <laughs> um business I'm, I'm, uh, uh, yeah no it's okay i'm just gonna pause the recording <laughs> for a second go back to recording all right so long story short we um well we got into i guess really target nationals last year we really sort of mobilized a little bit on more in the the coverage side of things um i was training I, I was training pretty hard and we we kind of all got together beforehand and talked about it i went as far as approaching usa archery about media passes so that we had access and you know just for the record um that did happen weeks before nationals and some people had a, a different view of what little some exchange of words we'll say uh at nationals and we were talking about trying to cover more of nationals and i talked to pj about it and josh grind from cam and we wanted to make sure that we were allowed to one two that we didn't step on cam's toes um and also mm -hmm. we realized early on like the more pictures the more videos the more um other stuff that's available you know if somebody and that's why i keep telling everybody that's why we we organize it to go on the barrel project page because then it's in one location 
yep. instead of like if you if we just like if you posted a live feed in the in the in our group and somebody else posted it and then somebody else, and then what happens is that stuff filters down and then it gets lost in the shuffle lost, yeah. and all that stuff if we put it on the page it's always there it's organized it's you know what i mean and you know we we click we quickly realize the podcast was growing and our community was growing but there's another side to growing the sport that's a little bit of a higher level than what even Demer has done. You know, Demer has been an amazing ambassador for the sport, his willingness to talk to people. You know, Matt Zernzak starting the JD3 Barebow project when his online class started, you know, and stuff like that, which you guys should all go check out, by the way. Um, if you, if you want to learn about field archery, if you want to learn about some tuning, if you want to do that stuff, go to the pushback, go to the JD3 class and sign up for it. It's like 75 bucks and it's, it's definitely worth the $75. Worth it. I've got it. I've, I've got, a I've couple, wasted couple $75 on, on much, <laughs> much more or a lot of other things. Um, and that's, that is definitely worth it. But, um, you know, so like they, they kind of initiated the let's grow barebow thing from the push side. And then, you know, my goal was the education and training and, 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 and coverage side as far as the podcast. And then we realized, wow, there's even another tier to that. Mm-hmm. And that's where our friendship. And then we got guys like, well, John wasn't able to shoot. So outdoor yeah. target nationals, you know, he took your camera while you were shooting. But I just remember saying to the guys, and this is where my appreciation comes in. I really wanted to focus on competing at target nationals because I I was feeling pretty good. I was feeling pretty confident and I didn't want people don't understand the stress that comes from trying to, well, I got to go take a live feed or I got to go take Mm -hmm. these pictures that when that stuff foggy, fogging up your brain, trying to compete is like, I think some of that happened this year for me. Me too. Me too. Um, but I had other things going on. So I really wasn't worried about competing Focused. at all at the classic. No, I just, I, I was, I was just happy to be shooting at that point. Um, but it does. And, and as you have found out, so there's definitely, there's definitely a, a fine line and people need to understand, like there's sac- people are sacrificing in some ways, their competitiveness, their ability to do it. You know, if we had to just show up and shoot, life would be a lot easier and it'd probably shoot better. But we're trying to, we're trying to, we're all sacrificing in some ways. You know, how many, and let's go back to Target National. So we actually got together like the night before. We're like, okay, well, we're going to take pictures. And while Marcel's shooting, John's going to take pictures. And I think Elton, you know, was, yeah. in, was in with live feeds here and there. And then Zernzak was in with live feeds here and there, you know, and, and trying to just get as many angles and stuff. That was what's, kind of started the idea of coverage actually you know what it was more than that it was it was the classic in 2019 and then vegas too on our we had we have we have live feeds yeah elton i think john did some live feeds and there was somebody else too and i don't remember it might have been led i think it was brenda wong i think it was tanya dillinger and i want to say and they I did think live the combination of the, so the live feeds and you you know seeing that and while it's happening is phenomenal um and i think with the pictures as well it's phenomenal the 
the challenge, especially when you take a lot, if you take a couple here or there with your phone, you post them, right? And they're not, they kind of show up on the feed. Mm -hmm. But the way we've been doing it and taking a lot and then trying to get them up quickly, because mm -hmm. I think and in the heat of the competition and knowing it's happening mm -hmm. to see the pictures right away. And then with the videos and with all the commentary, I think it's phenomenal. So I think that was for me, like learning through that. Um, I think this year, actually, during the women's final, I took the, the photographs and then I had edited them from my, I had downloaded them from my camera to my phone, edited them, and then had them posted by like 7.15 PM. So before the men's finals was up, I was just sitting there in the dark. I was like, oh, let me see if this works. And it worked. And I think just having that, you know, having these pictures come up and with the videos and all that was, was great. There's, I think the yeah. traffic on the side, you've seen, I like when oh, you give me admin rights, it was freaking me out. I was like, what's all this? talk back and yeah. forth and then i said welcome to my life <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> welcome to my life my life yeah. is like whether it's instagram or facebook <laughs> like my phone is constantly blowing up and it and that's fine i mean i chose this path i can't i can't complain about it but you know you you went ham at target nationals was there like was there two thousand three thousand photos total two thousand about the same 2, for both this yeah both okay. and so nationals, you know, about two thousand so think about that, people. Like, understand that there's there's so much that goes into coverage. There's so much that goes into growing it, and that's what ultimately, you know, at the at the end of everything, that's what the goal is with everything Barebell Project related, everything with the live feeds, everything. It's not it's not for any other reason than we want people to see it, then then be like, wow, that looks cool. I want to go try that. Or we have how many Barebell people do we have that shoot Barebell? but have never been to a national tournament, have never been to the classic, you go, you don't see, and, and, and this is where archery, you know, this is where Barebow has it right and where Olympic recurve and compound need to pick, pick up their game. You don't see people doing that in those other disciplines. Mm -hmm. And it's an environmental thing. Like their, their environment is so much different than the environment on a Barebow line. And it's almost like you can't even do it because they'll complain. Someone's going to complain. So either you need to have a thick skin and go do it for the betterment of archery, or you guys will continue to suck. <laughs> it's a unique Not community really, suck, too, because but... it's almost, it's family or like when I take these pictures, you know, I always take a picture with my daughter's soccer team, right? We knew the families they played soccer for several years. So, you know, we've mm -hmm. gone out dinner and this is almost the same. And even like the comments that we get from, all around the globe i mean literally, literally from around, around the globe. globe and you i recognize all the names so like if, if we all went if everyone showed up at a place it'd be just like a big massive family having mm -hmm. to get together it, it's phenomenal that's the best part like taking the pictures like the archery pictures are great but i like to catch going on off the line and getting those pictures those are the most fun to me oh yeah really yeah so yeah like it's fun to shoot close-ups and you know get the intense stares of the archery and all that but you know getting the behind the scenes and you know like you and matt eating cereal there at national <laughs> like, like like that stuff's fun so that's that was the, the bag cool <laughs> that was the bag of crunch berries that matt with half a probably two two bourbons in them sat there going through the crunch berry box pulling out all of the berries and putting them in a sandwich bag and then going and, and buttoning the box back up. And then, oh, I mean, if you guys could have been a fly in the wall in the morning when we're all sitting around the table, and John gets his cereal out and he's putting his cereal in, it's all 
Captain Crunch and no berries. And if you guys just could have seen that, and I'm sitting at the end of the table, and I got like I'm I'm sitting there, and I'm hold on, that should have been a live feed. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I know. (laughs) I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I got my coffee here, and I'm looking at photos that Marcel posted, and I'm eating Winker made eggs, and we're all like in the Airbnb, and I'm I'm eating, and I'm like doing one of these, and like watching Demer ignoring for like you know i'll I'll like look through my phone i'm like waiting and you could see you could see i've we've seen the look on his face before but like he when he he gets that like puzzle look like you know he does that look and (laughs) he's like man there's like no crunch berries in this and we all like busted out laughing i don't remember if that's exactly how it went but that's the way i remember it (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh it was just so funny and then it was just it made i mean but it's those situations too like that's what makes us so much different than than compound olympic recurve like we we just we handle things differently you know and maybe it's because of of if you if you really want to like dive deep into the psychological part of it maybe it's because we're fearless in some ways to go against target panic the way we do with the discipline we do you have to have a level of like i say it all the time zfg and just i'm doing it you know i'm mm-hmm. going i'm going after this thing and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna let you know and it's just it comes i think that comes through in our community in that way because we're all enjoying the struggle i a lot of it too is the top archers right so there's a larger group of top archers i think the the sport of bearable or the group and the popularity of it's growing and it's and compared to the other disciplines it's a little earlier and the the top archers and their openness and willingness to educate and teach and doing these podcasts you don't see that in the other disciplines as much right so from that perspective it's just more approachable i was shooting on the line with grayson one time in virginia for nationals and like the number of kids coming up to him during the shoot and he's nailing 10 10 10 and and he's after basically answering questions after every end of people Mm -hmm. coming up and talking to him and he was totally so open and answered questions. It was unreal. Like, I don't think any other sport, top sport, if you go break into someone's concentration, right, you couldn't do that. But everyone in, in this group right. is super open and willing to answer questions and give advice. It's it's unreal. Yeah, it's it's definitely a different dynamic. You know, you talk to, you can, there's, that's for sure. And it's not, it's not just, it's not just like kids and it's not just grace and it's it's just across the community the community is mm-hmm. that way we all enjoy the struggle of what barebow is and i think that that plays a huge role in in the the success of its growth every year like i honestly i'm not gonna lie dude i want barebow like if i had my way and if i could like somehow put a bug in everyone's ear about like the classic for 2023 i want that I want Barebo to be the biggest class at the classic. I want Barebo to be the biggest class at outdoor target nationals. And I don't, you know, like I want I want people to realize that us that are sort of you know in some ways leading that charge, we want you to come. It's it's not about competing, it's not about winning and losing, it's about showing up, it's about going, you know, pursuing the struggle. Don't don't shy away from it, go after it. Mm-hmm. And and go shoot on that stage because every time, you know, you shoot a national tournament, you shoot a Lancaster, you shoot a Vegas, you shoot an NFA indoor nationals, 
whatever, right? You notch, you put a notch in your belt of experience and callous. You know, you become more callous. You become more, you you get more growth. And, you know, and it, it just, so when you are taking those photos and you're uploading thousands of photos that from coverage, you know, and this year, this year, it wasn't just you for the classic. It was Elton and Santo handled live feeds. Winker took some pictures. Daniel Chen took some pictures. Um, Sean Montgomery he had some awesome some pictures. pictures. Daniel's pictures yeah, and he were was cool. Like he was behind the line, mm-hmm. like different angle than I was. So for me, that's kind of cool to see all these other pictures. Cause I, you know, I see my one and I take a lot, but then mm-hmm. seeing all these other folks with different viewpoints and different angles, that's, that was cool for me. Yeah. Yeah. It was it's important. I mean, and what we did then from the bearable project standpoint is you guys have seen like, I, cause I still have to coach. I still mm-hmm. have to, I still have to, I'm still juggling being a competitor. And like, if it wasn't for, I, I, this is where my appreciation comes in because I can't do it all. I know that um, it's, there's not, there's not a lot of money in Verbo to pay people to say, Hey, go do this. It just doesn't, it's not, it doesn't exist. And you guys do it out of the kindness of your heart. And, and I, I try to take care of you the way I, the way and how I can in, in other ways, but it's one of those things where like you guys are such an integral part of growing Baribo and I can't, I can't express my appreciation. And, you know, I want people to know how difficult it is and how much dedication goes into it and how much sacrifice you are making. You're not, you're not sitting back when you're looking at a, 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 any, any athletic endeavor through a camera lens, you're missing a lot of stuff. You're catching some awesome stuff, but you're missing a lot of stuff too. And, and that sacrifice, you know, one of the reasons for this podcast, that sacrifice is, is to say, thank you. No, I appreciate um, it. You know, because it's, it's dude, you are a beast behind the camera. I think somebody just said that in the, uh, um, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, Robbie Weisinger said that in the comments <laughs> and, you know, so what, what do you, like, what, what is your thing? You, you already alluded to it a little bit. Like, what's your favorite thing to capture? Uh, uh, to, in totality of any tournament like what is what are some of the moments that you've captured that my favorite picture is the one where i'm holding my bow on my shoulder and the bear bow project With the bear bow there and it's all yeah different. we were that was at the after finals you were just walking away i'm like oh that looks cool you didn't pose it i just saw you do that was, and i was like was oh that's just, awesome <laughs> it was just like but it's just there's the stickers on the end of the weight and it's all muddy and dirty like and that that is literally epitome of a picture of what I feel like at the end of every tournament from coaching and competing and coverage and talking to you guys. And like, it's, it's like that picture represents exactly what I, you know what I mean? And, you know, I'm just so thankful that you captured that moment for me because it really identifies, I identify with that picture and I would never have seen that if you didn't capture it but uh, so give me some give me like i don't know give me your your top for me it's as many it's, as many moments that you've captured some of the cool stuff so for me it's more about um the people and their interaction with each other it's kind of like when i shot weddings and things like that right i wasn't it was more of a port or a kind of a reporter style not i don't like setting everybody up and hey get everybody get in this group let me take a picture yeah. of your family and your family I, that's nice but 
like Fawn and Aaron hugging on the stage or, you know, even John and, and, and Dwayne, those kind of interactions and showing the gen, genuine, you know, respect for each other and congratulations at nationals, you know, they had the girls hugging each other. Those are the best for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember you, I think it was you and Robbie, you know, you're walking kind of like coaching and holding, putting your hand on his back. I see John do that. Yeah. And, you know, just, I know you guys are talking or you're mm-hmm. saying something. I don't know what you're saying. So I can just uh, tell I'll there's an interaction. There. And I, I'll probably pull that photo. I'll, I might pull those photos and put them in the podcast. Uh-huh. Um, when we, when I, when I edit this. Um, so that Robbie, you know, Robbie's hungry. He's hungry yeah. to, to be top in the nation. Um, and he's young and he has the ability to do it. There's no question. And we went head to head in the U.S. Open. Um, I think it was our we had a shoot off, um, and I think that that was the I think that's what that was. I think that was after the shoot off, and I had won, and I put my hand on his back and I said, "Dude, I was like, you shot awesome, you know." And he was because you thought I was kind of bummed a little bit, and I said, "But listen, no matter what, mm-hmm. you know, no matter what happens moving forward, I said, make sure." that you just continue to share and try to grow Barabow as you get better because you're going to be there. And, um, and that's what that was. That was basically, you know, that, that's what I was saying to him. Like, you like realize that there's more to Barabow than competing and being number one, there's more. And make sure that the things that you're doing isn't just for, the, for you to get better, but for Barabow to get better. And that's what that conversation was as we were walking up. Needless to say, I did not realize that I would end up in like four freaking shoot off matches in a row, um, you know, but it, it was, you know, it was a neat experience and I was super happy to be in that situation um, because it, it, you know, that could have that who knows, I, I, I don't know how much longer I'm going to keep, keep com- competing. I haven't decided yet. Um, I'm feeling really good right now. As a matter mm-hmm. of fact, my back is better and I'm shooting good again. Um, day late and a dollar short but whatever uh, it is what it is um it just it's and you're uh you're an awesome equestrian archer as well yeah <laughs> i knew that was coming sooner or later and that's fine I, sorry about that happened oh no it's funny <laughs> i remember dude you remember zfg yeah even with that stuff it doesn't bother me i gotta fix <laughs> i know when i first started the podcast i definitely was not as thick-skinned um I think somewhere along the lines, I think the podcast adds a level of callous too. And even on the competition side, like at the oh, class yeah. here, I wasn't going in expecting to be, to be lights out, but like I had zero target panic. I had zero nerves and it's just, it, it's, it's one of those things. I think the podcast helps in that regard. That. It, yeah, I think so. Cause I just don't care. Like I don't, People think, you know, oh, well, you're, you know, all about media or follows or you're like, no, I'm, I'm all about sharing my experience and, and the things that I know. And if I don't know, I'll have somebody on, I'll find out. And, and if I don't have the answer, I'll get you the answer. I'll yep. always do my best to get you the answer. Um, you know, and it's, it's just, I don't really get nervous anymore. Um, I'd probably get a little amped up if I was, you know, on the stages or something like that, it'd be a different story, but you know, it is, like I said, it's just, there's a, there's a bigger role to be played. Um, and I'm trying to, at least for now, lead that, st- that charge as long as I can. I hope somebody can, can step up and take over at some point. I don't want to do this forever, but I mm-hmm. will until that, 
that okay. right opportunity comes. I've tried to get people to help with the podcast. Trying to get people that want to actually do it is t- is difficult to. It's hard. It is freaking hard I mean, for me to do this right now. It's like, oh. but you're. <laughs> not, I mean, it's just a conversation. Though. Yeah, it is. Uh, but it, this is not my natural inclination yeah. to get on and yeah. talk. <laughs> so talk about some other moments. I don't want to keep talking about you know. So I, you stuff. know, I was taking the picture of uh, Fawn hugging Aaron, and um, after her win, and I, as I was taking it, I could see she, they were talking. So for me, I'm like, I want to know what she's saying to her. And like, you know, obviously congratulations, but I'm sure, sure. there was something else there. Um, the best, my favorite picture is of me, actually, Winker took it. It was me and Spanky walking back at practice from one of the practice ends. It was just the two of us, you know, walking back from the target. It was just the two of us for whatever reason. I don't know why, but, um, you know, those kind of things. And just, I like the more intimate you know, portrait type pictures of the people as they shoot and they turn away and they've shot well and you can see the big <laughs> smile, you know, and then the other times is they're frustrated, maybe it didn't go as well. Just those emotions, getting the emotion versus um, just the action of the archery. So yeah, that's, that's more what I like. Um, that's what, what about like some previous stuff that you've recorded? What, what are, what are some or recorded or took pictures of what's the, like some of the moments, some of the cool stuff, any, anything stand out to you? So for me, actually going back, so I did load those 2019 pictures. And at that time I really knew, you know, I knew some names, but I did, I'd never met anybody going to the classic in 2019. And when I took the photographs, it was a lot more international contingent back then pre COVID. So going back and I made some relationships with some of those folks just because of the photographs. So we had messaged back and forth with Cynthia and some other folks, but going back and looking at those and then realizing the archers that shot well this year, most of them were there. Like for me, it's learning. I don't know the whole history behind the whole sport. And there's a lot of deep, long tenured archers that have shot for a long time that people are now just maybe learning, you know, Lee got on stage now and became instant, but I think he's been around for so long. And Ed and you know Kenneth and all those guys. So just to see some new face, not new faces, but just to understand where, you know, how long and they've been part of the the group and shooting is just amazing to me. Me being yeah. so new, yeah, yeah. So I just every time I learn, you know, for me I hit the. It wasn't the photography. It was when uh, Leslie and John got the Airbnb, and then I found out. Oh my gosh, Demer's gonna be there. You're gonna be there. Yo's gonna be there. I'm like, you know, Wong. I'm like. I'm the nobody in this house. This is unreal to be in this place to stay here before a shoot. Oh, I'm like, on. what the heck? <laughs> yeah, but we're not. I mean, we're just no, not at all. But it's just amazing not. that the sport is so open that you can, you know, you touch the top people if you want and you want to be involved and you come and shoot. It's it's an amazing experience because you get to talk to the top archers in the world. Yeah, I guess I guess in some ways it's it's definitely you know that's part of the dynamic. I think all of archery is that way in some ways. Is but it? just to go back to that Airbnb, like uh, people, you, <laughs> at one night, the one night we had, uh, Yaka and Julie came over yeah. and then Steve. I called, I called Justin Hewish, Oakley came over, Scott Bills came over, Justin Hewish came over. He, uh, somebody came with him. I don't remember. I forget his name off the top of my head. Um, like, like there was in that one house, like there was some impressive archery accolades yeah. for the evening. And I, and I think that, 
I think that I'm sure that that happens in other worlds, but like if we could have recorded a podcast that night with everyone that was there and, and had like some story time, I mean, like Hewish, Hewish tells stories about the Olympics in, in um, Atlanta, like, and, and his other Olympics where he got gold. Um, like there's, there's some stories there about how the mental warfare of, of being at that level and shooting at that level, like people don't even realize the stuff that's, that's yeah. done. And now instead of it being, you know, like putting your bow, like he tells a story about where I think he, they were shooting the team round and him and Rod White, you know, they had boxes and you shoot in this box and their teams in this box all the Americans, I think Butch Johnson was on the team too. They put their bows. So across the line into the Korean box, or I think that's who they were shooting against. I don't remember, you know, that, that, that was just, that was the game. Like they're, they're just messing with them. That's all it was. It wasn't an accident. It was done on purpose. And a lot of that stuff goes on that we don't see and you uh, yeah, can't yeah. necessarily capture it. There's nobody's going to know. Yeah. And you know, it was just a, it was just neat to to hear those those battle stories and and the stuff that they're they're going through. And I, you know, from my end, and I really need to have Hewish, and maybe I'll have Hewish and Yak on because they've become good friends over the last few years when Matt started shooting Olympic. Um, but you know, it's cool to hear that experience. I spent the weekend with with Justin and Jay Bars and Dick Tone and Rob Coffold, the, the weekend I shot, um, or I took his seminar, I spent the entire weekend with them at Rob's house. We went out to dinner every night, all of us sitting around a table. Again, you know, being a sponge in that situation, you know, so in that situation, yeah. I felt, even though I knew Justin growing up, I, I felt very similar to how you did in our Airbnb. Because yeah. I was just absorbing what, jay and dick and rob and what talking of their experiences and the stuff that goes on and you know and i was honored because then dick and jay would refer to me for the barebell questions that would come up during the seminar and they were like you know frank what do you think and i'm like I'm, i like I, like if you were sitting next to me i would have been like dick tone is asking me my opinion <laughs> in his seminar yeah you know what i mean so like i think we all have those moments and i was kind of starstruck too when i first when when the Barebow projects first started with Demer and Grayson, because like those two are studs, and I was a nobody, and that I was a a really good archer that was just breaking out into the sport, and was just kind of documenting the journey um, yep. as a coach and a, as a shooter, and and bringing other people in, you know, and stuff like that. Guys hanging out. How you doing? Good recording yeah, a podcast. I, think, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. I think Go ahead, the community in general as a whole is. I mean, the early rise of not early, but this early kind of the early in the phase of becoming more organized as a group, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I think it was more organic, and you know, we had yeah. great shooters and people trying to ask individual questions here and there. And there's a couple YouTube channels, but I think having this platform and what you've done for it and how everybody's supporting everybody has just been phenomenal for the growth. I mean, to see, I mean, I made the cut last in 2020 and just, just to see the rise of number of shooters and the, and you know, the large variety of folks that are shooting, it's amazing. 
yeah just the the level that has risen here in the last three years is unreal yeah well i mean and that's that's been the goal since day one but it's yeah. just it's not just we don't we want to we want you have your high scores you have your low scores and then you have like the low score across the across across the entire class you know our goal very much so in america no offense to our friends in sweden and everywhere else we're coming for you and that's part of the bearable pride we want to see american scores grow and that's that's happening that's absolutely happening we see it every you know in a year or two our goal is to bring that bottom end score up for everyone by just providing concrete information that works i'm saying that with if i could say air quotes i would because you know a lot of people harp on oh you can't shoot that way you're gonna hurt your shoulder you're gonna you have to shoot this way you have to do that and Barebow absolutely proves all that wrong. So anybody who's saying, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that, is not, they're just feeding you a narrative. They're not giving you facts. They're feeding you a narrative that fits what they want you to do or fits what they're trying to sell you. Let's just put it that way. So um, I, I attended the Barebow seminar that you put on down here. And for me, like coming into this and when I first started, it's more recreational just to have something fun to do. And I didn't really know about the competitions. And now my mindset's changing a little bit. And me attending that seminar was really instrumental in me thinking about how I shoot, right? I just, I used to just go to the range and shoot arrows. And, you know, if I did good, I did good. I post a picture of three arrows hitting in the middle which happened <laughs> once every 25 ends, um, right? But that that seminar, if, if people have the ability to attend that seminar, is just to change your mindset into how to, you know, properly think about it, train you know, intentionally, not just to shoot arrows and shoot numbers, but to how to think of your shot process, what's, what's, what do you need to improve on and how to go about doing it. So I think that for me has been instrumental to help That's me good. kind of take my next level, so yeah i'm yeah, glad to good. hear that it was good I, I'll, I'll tell you i really hey guys i really um that that seminar has developed uh it like the one that we did here with demer and when we really did like the we took everyone's bows because there was a request both seminars people requested to go to really get into tuning a little bit more so yep. this seminar we added that in and the basic tuning part it was probably an hour long um maybe more and we literally had everyone tune their bows right oh, there. That'd be, that's something. Spider blocks, tuning forks, three tables, archers, archers doing their own stuff. And we mm -hmm. walked around and looked at it and like, you know, mm -hmm. and gave, you know, explaining how to adjust the limb bolts, how to get your alignment with the limbs and everything. And it was just, it was incredible. Yeah, to, that'd be phenomenal. Yeah, it was incredible to, um, to watch. And I mean, there was immediate improvements on their shots you know this is a week before the classic but their bows weren't tuned and we said to them like it's up to you you don't have to make these adjustments but if you do it's not going to have a negative effect it, you know and then you know checking brace height making sure that their brace height was within spec or at least close to or you know a recommendation on it we had a couple of bows here crack you know shoot crack crack mm -hmm. you know fixed it put it where it needed to be boom quiet as a mouse you know real yeah. real nice tune sound you can hear it you know yep. and like that's been a huge i think that, that part is going to stay in the seminar moving forward it took away from um the amount of time that i could go over the drills 
Um, so the drill part was a little more abbreviated. Okay. Um, but you know, and a lot of definitely two avenues of education that are available there. And, you know, for me being so close again, to first flight and having John there, I always ask him a question and instantly we can figure it out. So I'm fortunate in that respect, but there's, but there's tons of archers that don't have that resources. So there's probably an avenue of, you know, here's the physical side of it, the equipment side of it. And then here's the training mental side of it that probably could be organized that way. Well, a lot of people, a lot of people, well, and again, like when it comes to growing the sport, you know, that's, that's part of it. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's, that's part of, of the work that we do together and, and providing that information. It's all part of growing the sport explaining to people you know you have a sweet spot on that plunger mm-hmm. of where your tune's going to stay you can't crank on that plunger all day like you're moving the windage on a site it's not gonna you know you got to try to tune your bow so that it's like having if you you know if you, if you shot compound with an adjustable site and that windage is yep. in the middle so you have left and right to work with you know it's there's a lot of there's a lot of nuances that we are learning or that john already knows that we just the situation hasn't come to communicate it to people yet that to, to document that and get it out there. And that's, that's been the, you know, that's, that's a catalyst of, of how growing the sport works. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just 2000 plus pictures per event. Right. It's not just live feeds. It's actual competitive barebell seminars. It's actual, you know, uh, some people may say, you know, well, well, I don't, they don't, a lot of people think that you can just shoot bare bow the way and approach it like a Olympic recurve and it's just not the case, you know, and mm-hmm. trying to get that information out there is crucial. You've played a, a significant role and I hope that you continue to. Um, I just, it, I understand though, from the competitive side, if you want to, you want to dive a little bit more than that, then it, it might, it, you might have to, you might have to juggle that down the road. And and yeah, yeah. you decide. I'll, I'll to do always that. take the photographs from that perspective. So I just like for Lancaster next year, I'm probably going to shoot Thursday night line and then leave Friday open, <laughs> so I can do pictures all day Friday instead uh, of shooting the middle of the day on Friday. <laughs> I will be shooting the Thursday night line forever now. I have loved shooting that line. Less people, calmer, yeah. went a little bit quicker. You're yeah. not waiting for the other side. Um, Plus the lighting on that side is better than the lighting. Better. Dwayne talked about that than the other yeah, side. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, I'll forever be signing up for that Thursday, 4 p.m. side and get the score done and out of the way so that Friday I can coach and talk to people and you know what I mean. And that's so and again, that's a strategy thing, you know. That's yeah. that's that's people if if you if we don't if you aren't we'll call you the photographer, head <laughs> the lead photographer, the the photography manager i don't what whatever um of the variable project if if you don't do that we're having this conversation people don't hear oh man they talked about shooting on thursday because the lighting's better on that side because there were still open targets yeah. they don't get that information that yeah. conversation doesn't happen if if we don't if we don't have the the um friendship that we do and you take that role in in growing barebow that you do so there's just try to we try to explain that to people like that's how you grow it that's how you get that information out there that's how you you know that's how you make a difference um and we're doing that so remember people as you listen to this podcast our goal is 300 plus fair bow shooters for the classic next year our goal is to 
make all of the USATs this year have to um, cut off barebow and take away spots from all of the other classes because we want to prove that we show up. We don't talk the game, we show up. Um, and same goes for um, all of these other classes and all of these other major tournaments. Um, I'm probably going to be having a meeting with Josh Grine and about ASA too. They, they want to, Josh said to me during or after the shootups, he walked up to me and said, Frank, how do we get this bearbow involvement at ASA? Yeah. So I got to have that, um, I uh, have that cl- that that conversation with him. Maybe Barrel Project will have some more involvement there. That's but, awesome. You know, and I, I'm I'm okay. Let's go. Let's do it. Um, but it, I guess that's it, man. Is there anything else you want to say to people, or anything anything you want to? I just wanna... just thank everyone for all reaching out. Like so many messages offline, and you know, Elton posted a couple. You know, a lot of f- folks posted and thanking me. It's just part I, I love doing it so for me it's uh it's you know just kind of a passion of mine that i've done for a long time and um i really really love doing it and it makes it eat it, it's the family environment that makes it fun to do so from that perspective i just thank everybody and i love to me when i scroll through and i see someone use my picture for facebook profile or instagram whatever it's just like man that's so cool so if you feel free if you want to download and people have asked me about buying prints and things like that just you can download it or if you need a different version of it let me know you guys can go get them printed yourself i'm not gonna deal with all that so (laughs) do whatever you want (laughs) i think you should just start your own little brand and Uh. mark that (laughs) and and let people buy them off of you for a small fee because if if you uh, now I know you're like, no, no, I love it. You know, <laughs> I get it, but it costs money to go to those tournaments. It costs money to stay there. Yeah. And that's, you know, and Barebow Project, I, I was the same way in the beginning. And I quickly realized, like, if you want to do it, you can't yeah. self-fund everything. And, you know, so, and I think you should, you know, call it first flight photography. I don't care, whatever, <laughs> but I'm saying, and, and put a watermark on them. And then yeah, that we have to talk about, I have to try to you, figure that out. If you make, if you make a hundred bucks a tournament, it's a hundred bucks that you didn't yeah. like from sales of pictures or something. Yeah, yeah. It helps you get to those tournaments and continue to do that thing. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. not about making money. It's about, about it like contributing to itself. Funding. Yep. That's funding, that's, the, yeah. funding yeah. the group, I mean, funding the passion. Yeah. This stuff isn't cheap traveling and doing all the stuff and like people don't know like how much money it costs me every month to with all the platforms stuff's not free zoom isn't free storage isn't free laptops aren't free you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and you you have that's why like you could always start a patreon you could always do that too instead and and keep them free and just like start your page start a patreon page and then um you know and then if people like, and that's how I tell people, like, if it's five bucks a month, that is a super stellar um, support. If that's all you got, that's great. If you want to throw whatever, you know, I have some people who mentioned me and are like, hey, man, I'm going to go three, three months, get my free t-shirt. Um, just want to let you know. And I'm throwing like, you know, a hundred bucks in boom, boom, boom. And, and they want like, I'm like, all right, game on. Thank you so much. Like, cause it just adds 
to the ability to cover things like me going to the ATA that, that to, to promote bare oh, yeah. Nobody's ever done that before, you know, and, and like there's things that go into that <laughs> stuff. And I think from, in my opinion, that's what you should do because it's going to help you get to more things. And I've got those. Um, I've got four pairs of those Barebow socks still that we didn't give away. I oh, totally forgot, forgot about, about that. So we'll get some pictures yeah. up and we can use those as a raffle or something. You can figure out how to do that. So for those of you, well, most people haven't seen them. So oh, I, they I put them. I don't know where I put them. <laughs> I gotta find well, them. you know what? People are people are going to uh, people are gonna are gonna see this. So why don't you do this? Yeah, you put them on your page. Well, I'll I'll send you some photographs. Okay. Put them on the page. We'll figure out how we can maybe raffle them or give them as a prize or something. So, you gotta explain (laughs) what they are because I didn't. You told me you had a surprise. I didn't. I didn't. I was like, what? And then all of a sudden, I saw Maggie. So, go ahead. You explain what they are. So, we created some uh, Barabo Project socks, and um, we've got the uh, three original members Frank, John, and Grayson. Their uh, profile pics are on the socks themselves. So we'll get some pictures up after this and you guys can see them and we'll figure out how to, you know, distribute them out as gifts or prizes or something. <laughs> They're pretty funny. <laughs> so I'll tell you what we'll do. We're going to, we're going we're gonna to put people on a little bit of a scavenger hunt and we'll okay. give one out. We'll give one out from this podcast. So if they've listened to this podcast this far, okay, we'll give out a pair of those socks and what they have to do is they have to go back to, um, they have to go to the 2019 um, Lancaster Classic eliminations, okay? And you have to tell, you have to go to the score box, uh, go, go through the Archers app and find the score that on the last end, of John Demers match with John Dillinger. That's what you need to do. The first person <laughs> that comes back, I'm pretty sure it was the last end. Pretty sure it was. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You have an I idea? know what you're talking about, but yeah, I don't remember specifically. Oh, I remember specifically. I watched <laughs> it happen. That was, that was, uh, Dillinger got a Demer dollar in that, that match. And uh, I think I was, but, oh, I do remember that. I, I think I just saw that because I actually was driving back. We didn't, it was my first year, didn't really know everything. And I was watching it on my phone in the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that was definitely a fun match to watch. Um, so yeah, the first person that brings me the score of the, 2019 or was it 2020 uh, no it's 2020 Demer and Dillager are they're not uh eligible no no forget that <laughs> it was 2020 classic I, I stand corrected because that oh, was 20, right yeah that was last year yeah yeah, yeah yeah Fisher yeah shut everything down it. after that all yeah. right so it's 2020 Lancaster classic Demer Dillinger elimination match I need to know the box score the four-end match score and I need you to go there and look at those arrow values something happened and it was funny and sucked at the same time but um you need to bring you need to bring that match sean, sean montgomery may have already done it he's already he's already put numbers in the chat he might have won a pair of those socks um i have to go drag us. i'll ship them out yeah and he, we'll, so we'll ship them out to you the socks we'll get some pictures up i'll set you a picture um yeah we'll we'll post those pictures i don't know maybe, maybe maggie i don't know if maggie has a picture of them on i didn't 
I didn't get oh, I a picture know. of mom. <laughs> well, she she pulled her shoe off. She's like, no, you got to see. I know, because it was kind of buried. <laughs> yeah, she, she takes her foot off. She's like, my face, Grayson's face, John's face, and the Barrel Project logo. It's absolutely hilarious. But, well, thanks again, dude, for all that you do. Um, Not a problem. And and it's just, it means a lot to the community. Uh, I want to take a, a moment to highlight you and, and that effort because people don't understand what goes into it. Like us talking until, you know, nine, 10 at night, dealing with Wi-Fi connections, trying to get <laughs> all these photos uploaded. Like, it was just, uh, it's like, there's a lot that goes into it. and um. I think, you know, people will appreciate it more when they know the backstory to it and it's important and it's important for the growth and it's important for the support of what we do. Like if you do start your own thing, there's a, there's a good, there's a good chance that, that, you know, people will be able to help you with that. Just and encourage people to come and be part of the backstory because that's the best be part, part of, of it, these yeah. tournaments, you know, don't just watch it just if you can make it. And, and you can somehow do it you got to join because it's phenomenal it's so fun it's so fun yeah definitely so, so i appreciate it all man. right man yeah absolutely thank you so much um for everybody you know just remember uh, all of our sponsors um i always put this stuff at the end i don't put it in the beginning anymore because all we ask is is to check them out it's always listed you know lancaster hoyt jaeger yost um a e excess wings the whole the whole the whole gamut um don't forget our link tree link the link in our facebook page or instagram pretty much everywhere that has links to the jd3 um, um push pack it has links to the seminar signups has links to our online t-shirt store has links to pretty much any all of our seminars everything so you know um you know go check that stuff out that and that in the, in the patreon page too if you enjoy these podcasts if you enjoy the information if you think the information has helped you or someone else share the show and consider signing up for patreon if it's five bucks a week or five bucks a month that's great we don't it doesn't matter anything anything and everything helps um and if you like the content and want us to keep bringing you as much content as possible your support in that fashion is a huge, huge help. So, um, and, and also thank you to all of those that help us along the way, not just Marcel. Santo just logged in and said, hi boys. Santo's another one. He's a huge help to us. Elton Wong, huge help. Um, Sean Montgomery has thrown his hat in the ring some. Nate Wallace is out in Vegas doing live feeds this weekend. Shout out to him for helping out. Um, you know, and, and there's just a, a plethora of people in the past, Brenda Wong, Tanya Dillinger, John Winker, Leslie Winker. They're like, there's, it, it literally does take a village to, to support something like this. And you guys are the village and we appreciate you. So, all right, Marcel, you have a all wonderful right. Saturday. I Thanks, got some man. shooters here. I'm going to try to shoot my, I'm going to shoot. Remember my boys and girls always wear a helmet. Always wear a helmet. Picture to follow at the end of this podcast. See ya. See ya. Thanks. See you, buddy.